Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Austin Matthews just scored for Toronto. Maple Leafs now lead Ottawa 3-2 with three and a half minutes left in the second period. The Rangers lead the Bruins 1-0 after one. The Oilers at Minnesota tomorrow. Cam Talbot will be your goaltender. Lines being moved around a little bit more at practice today. Obviously, we'll see if they stay that way tomorrow, but Dreisaitl and McDavid were on the same line with Reeder as the left winger. Maybe he'll finally score if he plays with those two guys. 4.30 face-off show on 6.30, Chad. The game will start at 6. Well, here is uh, a little bit of audio that is going to make all of you smile. Champion and gold medalist representing Canada. Champion représentant le Canada. Donovan Bailey. Taking you back to the 1996 Olympics, the call of the late Don Whitman as Donovan Bailey wins gold in the 100 meters and then anchors Canada to gold in the 4x100 relay. Now, why are we playing that tonight? Well, because Edmonton filmmaker Adam Scorgi is the producer of a new show. It uh, aired on TSN earlier today, and you'll be able to see it uh, on demand and uh, on replays as well. The Donovan Bailey experience. It is Adam Scorgy checking in. Adam, good to have you on the show again, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Where uh, Where were you watching Bailey win in 1996? I remember uh, being in my apartment just off White Ave and going crazy when he won. I remember being, I was at my buddy Vic's place in uh, Kelowna, B.C., and we were both jumping and going crazy and, and uh, you know, celebrating um in in grand fashion one of the i i I always call that the greatest non-hockey canadian sports moment (laughs) of all time Uh, i mean you'd put it up there with the three big goals right uh crosby 
Lemieux and and Henderson, and I think you could slide that right in there. And some people might even put it put it number one. Tell us a little bit about getting involved with with the bail. I mean, you've done such great work with sports documentaries in the last few years. We've had you on about Coco and and uh, Ice Guardians a few times. How'd you get involved with the Bailey experience here? Uh, well, the Bailey experience is actually a great positive story. To kind of go back and look at that you know when you first you don't succeed try try again so i mean i had pitched bell um for years different projects ice guardians culture high coca like i'd i go to them every year it was try to get a project and they never found a fit and then but obviously my team and i did well enough in the pitch sessions that they reached out to me and said hey we're doing this engraved on a nation series again we did it six years ago we're looking for sports positive stories um you know, what would you like to do? And director Michael Hamilton and I had just talked like two weeks before, being like, we need to work on something together. And then I was like, hey, do you have an idea? He's like, I have something I think would be perfect for Bell. And, you know, we had a couple ideas. We had one on Chevallo and we had another one on John Scott. But then when we laid down the Bailey story, everyone in the room was like, oh, my God, yes, there's never been a feature done on Donovan Bailey. Like, yes, we need to go and look at that. And from there, it just we met Donovan and he was in the right space and ready to do something, and we were fortunate enough to go on this ride with him and tell this amazing story. You know, Adam, obviously with my, my show starting at 6, I got to see maybe seven minutes of this between 5.30 and, and, and 6, <laughs> and, and I think it's an hour, right? It was on until yeah. 6.30. Um, yeah. what, did you, what did you learn about Donovan that maybe struck you or surprised you? Because you get guys to sit down one-on-one and, and talk about the past, they may reveal things that they wouldn't have revealed when they were actually competing. Well, the two things that really struck me in making this is that Donovan Bailey is arguably the latest to ever start being a competitive track and field star and have the success he did. He didn't start till he was like 26, 27. He didn't run in high school. He didn't run. He was a, a late bloomer that had a lot of natural talent. And the other thing that really struck me is that you always kind of thought, which we clarified like in the film, is that people always kind of wondered if he cheated too and just didn't get caught. But if you know Donovan and once you see him, I mean, he's the most tested Canadian Olympic athlete ever, right? That right. he did it clean, he did it right. And when you get to know Donovan and how much pride he has in his family and his parents, like he's like, I would never do any we have somebody in the film saying if you know donovan and you know how proud he is of that gold medal you ain't ever getting it from him not 50 years down the road when the testing strict or not 100 his tests will always come back clean because you no one's taking that accomplishment away from him adam scorgy joining us tonight on inside sports edmonton's own and he's the producer of the bailey experience part of the engraved on a nation series for for tsn yeah i, I mean and he did what how does he talk about and, I, and i've had the pleasure to interview donovan a couple times and he you know i mean he's very outgoing he's he's very honest yeah what's your sense of how he sort of reflects or looks at his his place in history and again a lot of athletes when it's happening will say i, I i'm just doing my job i wanted to win a gold medal and represent my country and i did but i mean he's i i don't think legend is an overstatement with him how does he view his oh. his place in canadian history no, definitely. I mean, Ledger, I mean, I, I like you said, I'd put him up there as one of the greatest Canadian athletes ever. And the thing that he really did, <laughs> people don't realize that we learned from him, is that, you know, he really embraced his Jamaican culture and being Canadian. He didn't want to be identified as either. He's like, I'm both. 
I'm not going to disregard my Jamaican culture and where my parents from, but I'm also like, you know, he moved to Canada when he was seven. He was born and he was basically, he was raised here. He has no Jamaican accent really left. He's like, so he embraced both, which is what Canada allows you to do, right, is embrace where you come from, but also embrace where you live. So he embraced that and really added, and that was something that I think shocked a lot of people when Donovan hit his height, that a lot of people, we, we, we go into detail on this in the film, that many people are like, well, he was too cocky. He had too much swagger, too much bravado for me. I wanted the Canadian athlete, but we really explain that in the film, that he wouldn't have been able to accomplish what he did, because track and field, we're talking about tenths of a second is the difference between first and second, and nobody remembers who came second. Right? If he didn't have that confidence and that swagger, he never would have accomplished what he went into, right? And all of that, you know, having to accomplish what he did, but also do it in the cloud of the 88 Olympics and the Ben Johnson scandal, makes it arguably one of the most, you know, biggest sports accomplishments ever in Canadian history because he had to, even though he'll put it off and say, you know, the Ben Johnson thing mattered nothing to me, I just want to go accomplish with mine, he was punished for what he had nothing to do with in, as far as the extensive drug testing and the suspicion that he might have done the same. Yeah, very well said. Okay, Adam, so I know it was on earlier today. How can people watch? Uh, I know sometimes these things might get replayed and TSN has five it is channels. Get replayed, so I checked right <laughs> before our interview so that I could get the listeners some. So they said just check the TSN website and then also that it's on anyone that has like the on demand service. It should be up in the next couple of days. So you should be able to tune in whenever you want and, and relive those moments and, you know, the great things that he did for Canada. Um, that's what I've been getting. My phone's been blowing up all night. Just being like, man, I've you so many, our whole room's talking about Donovan Bailey memories and where they were and what he did for the nation and when they got to meet him one time. And so it's, been uh it's been awesome okay adam thanks for for checking in you're doing so many uh great films so i know we'll keep updating people on what you're doing and we know you're such a proud edmontonian too so it's great that uh yeg and in in through you is attached to all these projects great stuff man awesome thanks for having me on Rita. i really appreciate the, the support i get from you and the local community it means the world to me Right on. That is Adam Scorgi, producer of the Bailey Experience. And you've probably seen Coco or Ice Guardians or have it in your queue. And a couple of great documentary films, too. Love having having Adam on the show, for sure. It is 7.15. The uh, Leafs got another one, 4-2, leading Ottawa now after two. We're still going to get to uh, Mike Greenley from the Minnesota Wild broadcast booth. Man, Koivu out for the season. We'll see how they deal with that. And a really great feature coming up next Kenny Stafford, free agency, sat down with Morley Scott and talked about that. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. Great discussion about the state of the Oilers. Earlier in the show, we caught up with filmmaker Adam Scorgi. The Bailey Experience is his latest project. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY or FurnaceFamily.com. CFL Free Agency will open on Tuesday, Eskimos receiver Kenny Stafford is a pending free agent. He is representing himself. More with Kenny with Morley Scott. Thanks, Reed. Unless he signs a new contract before Tuesday's CFL free agency deadline, Eskimos receiver Kenny Stafford will be unemployed. 
Stafford, a six-year CFL vet, has spent a total of three seasons in the green and gold in two different stints, and he's agreed to share his thoughts with us as he gets set to go into the unknown of free agency in professional sports. I feel good. Uh, I've had some very positive talks with general manager Brock Southern uh, about me wanting to stay here, him expressing him wanting me to be here and throughout the organization. So uh, I'm feeling good about free agency so far. Uh, we also know this. I haven't been. I've been through free agency twice now. So I also know it can get hectic. It can get kind of crazy, especially when signings start coming off the board and you're seeing where people are going to. And you don't want that team to get too filled, and you want to play with this guy. And so when you're trying to piece it all together, it's uh, it can get kind of hectic. But you can just. I'm my own agent, so I don't have to call someone to let me to have them let me know what's going on. I already know, so it can be a good and a bad thing because you kind of like you have to differentiate differentiate between business and then you know you taking it personal. So you have to learn that fine line. Yeah, that's right. He's his own agent. A decision he made a few years ago, both to save money, not giving up that 3%, and to take more control of his own career and life after football. It's going to help me as far as what I want to do after football, because I want to get either get into the world of radio, get into the world of being a general manager, being a position coach as a receiver. Just it's allowing me to have business conversations and talk and able to articulate and just that it's going to make me become more than just an athlete like having those talks so it also is helping me out for after football. Stafford's best two seasons in the CFL were 2015 and 2018, both as members of the Edmonton Eskimos and both with Mike Riley as his quarterback. Riley's also a free agent and has yet to commit one way or the other about where he'll be playing next year. Stafford says Riley's decision will have a big effect on free agency, not just here, but around the league. He's the number one priority free agent in the league. He's the number one priority free agent for the Edmonton Eskimos. Everybody should know that. With him, uh, I'm not saying that I wouldn't come back if he didn't come come back because, like I said, this is home to me. But does he play a, a valuable like option in that? Yeah, of course, because I've had my best career years with him. I know what I get with Mike Riley. The Edmonton Eskimos, the Edmonton Alberta knows what they get with Mike Riley. He's constant, he's consistent, he's a tough worker, he's a warrior, he's a team leader, he's all that. So, rightfully so, he is going to be a big contributor of bringing a lot of people here and a big contributor of some people not being here. Not saying that everybody's going to follow him or do that, but like I said, he is a main part, a main focal point of what we do here. Roddy may affect some free agents, especially receivers, but not Stafford. He wants to continue the chemistry he's built with Riley over the years, but says regardless of who the Eskimos quarterback is this coming season, Edmonton is where he wants to be. Yes, a thousand percent. Uh, Like I said, I want to finish my career here. I see myself playing football for another five to six years. I want to retire as an Eskimo. And uh, 
I want to get back to the community. Like I've I've set things up here in the city. The city has been warm to me ever since I've been here. I want to be here. I want to be here. Edmonton has always felt like home to me, and I thrive when I feel when I'm comfortable. I thrive in situations when I'm comfortable. So. We are in constant talks, not constant talks. We have a mutual understanding. We've had face-to-face conversations and we've had text conversations where we've already said, I want to be here, he wants me here, let's just get a number. Well, signing before the free agent deadline hits on Tuesday is Stafford's goal. He also knows things change and things change fast. And he knows at 10 a.m. Alberta time on Tuesday morning, he might not have a job. And that's when Kenny Stafford, the agent, will go to work. If I'm not signed by that point, uh, work the phones. Uh, see who's... I've already... Just me being me, I've already reached out to people. Hey, here goes my number. I'm my own agent. Just to let them know. General managers across the league. Just to let them know, if you do need to get in hold of someone, this is who you get in hold of, too. You don't need to, you know, call around. This is my email address, and this is my phone number. Just send it out, just not colluding, not doing any of that, just making sure everybody has my number because I'm my own agent. I have to shop myself. Um, So that's what I'll be doing. Uh, Hopefully, I want to be signed. I don't want to test free agency. Like I said, I know where I want to be at, but I also know that Mike Riley plays a big part. Like he said, Brock has two salary caps, one with Mike, one without. So he's going back and forth. He's going multiple things going through his head. If I get this guy, I got to get this guy, I got to get this. Also, what does Coach Moss want? Because they're working as a team. Because they're building a team together. So if I'm not signed by then, yes, I'll be working the phones and probably be pretty stressed out. But other than that, uh, just be as business as usual for sure. We'll hear more from Kenny Stafford next week as free agency either ends for him or begins. Good stuff there for Morley Scott talking to Kenny Stafford, who we've had on the show several times. He's always very interesting to talk to, and he's sort of keeping a little uh, audio journal here with Morley about his free agency experience. Hopefully he's back in green and gold because the Eskimos have lost a couple of pretty, pretty good receivers to the National Football League. Obviously, Duke Williams and Bryant Mitchell gone, and uh, Darrell Walker, a pending free agent as well. This is going to be an interesting free agency season in the CFL. All the quarterbacks, including Mike Riley and Bo Levi Mitchell, who might wind up going to the NFL, and if he doesn't, I don't think it's a guarantee that he comes back to the Stampeders either, so there will be a lot of storylines to follow there. The storyline for the Edmonton Oilers is that they're winless in six and that they have uh, let third-period leads slip away in three consecutive games. They got bombed in the third last night by Chicago. Cam Talbot got pulled, wasn't happy about it, stayed in the dressing room. He says he apologized to his teammates for that. Ken Hitchcock was asked today, were you bothered by Talbot's reaction? Not one bit. If I was, I'd be very disappointed if I was him too. He, he did everything he could to try to help us win the hockey game, and we, we gave up probably 15, 10 bellers. I don't care. He's starting tomorrow and he'll play tomorrow and it's our turn to play for him. All right, a little bit there from Hitch. You can get more on the Oilers on 630Ched.com. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Don't forget about Northern Chicken's brunch Sundays, 11 a.m. until 2, featuring biscuits and gravy with smashed potatoes. Visit NorthChickenYEG.com.
Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. 4-3 League leading the Senators early in the third, halfway through the second period, 1-1 Bruins and Rangers. Oilers at Wild tomorrow on 630 Chet. We'll have the face-off show at 4.30. The play-by-play will start at 6. Cam Talbot will be the Oilers goaltender for that game. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Well, our next guest having an incredible season for the U of A Golden Bears basketball team. He is leading the team in scoring, second overall in Canada West scoring. He's leading the entire country in rebounding, and he's the front-runner to be Canada West MVP. He's led the Bears to the second-best record in Canada West at 15-5. and They have a playoff bye this weekend. It is fourth-year forward Brody Clark. Brody, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Reed? Thanks for having me. It's good to have you on the show again. I, I know you're having a great year, and I, you're probably one of those types of guys that is comfortable he- un- uncomfortable hearing all that stuff about yourself uh, <laughs> as I introduce you, but I think people should know what a great year you're having and how well you're doing representing the Bears and the U of A. Uh, why do you think you and your team have been pretty successful so far this year? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a really interesting year. We had a lot of turnover from last year with our, our uh, roster. They, we had a lot of old guys last year who took off and brought in a whole bunch of new young talent this year. And uh, it was one of those years where we really didn't know what our potential was, but we knew we had a whole lot of talent. And so I think that there's been a lot of ups and downs in terms of, you know, dropping some games on the road maybe that we shouldn't have, dropping some games at home maybe that we shouldn't have winning some games that we shouldn't have i don't know but uh we're somehow we're starting to gel guys are starting to really understand the system guys are um relishing their roles uh people really understand what is expected of them on a night in night out basis and no one is getting complacent or you know the the whole the whole disease of more thing where some, if somebody wants a little bit more of this a little bit more of that everybody's sort of just uh, happy with the way things are going. They're happy to contribute to the team in whatever way they need to, and I think that that's, that's worked out really well for us this year. So just having everybody on the same page, having that sort of uh, that good, good team atmosphere has been really helpful for us, especially with all the young guys. So you get the bye this weekend. You will host a to-be-determined opponent in a Canada West quarterfinal February 14th to 16th. So uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. I mentioned you're the leading rebounder in, in the country with 11 rebounds per game. Uh, I had the pleasure of watching Jordan Baker play at the U of A. He was a great rebounder as well. I mean, for you, does your scoring and your energy start with your rebounding? Because I really felt for Jordan... That's where it started. He wasn't a three-point shooter. You know, he had to get to the interior. Is is does the rebound create the energy for the rest of your game? Um, for sure, I think that's definitely an element of it. It's interesting you mentioned uh, Jordan. He's on our coaching staff now, and wow, what a what a wealth of knowledge he has. There's a lot to learn from him, and just hanging around him a lot in you know the off season and practices and that kind of thing, and just understanding the way he sees the game has really helped my game a lot. Um, and just he's always telling me and the coaches are always getting on me about just buzzing, you know, just having a, an energy, uh, a movement to my game, making sure that I'm never just standing still, I'm never just, you know, caught watching or caught uh, in la-la land doing nothing on the court. There's always got to be something going on for me out there. And I think that that's been something uh, he personally has been, you know, doing a good job of reminding me of and keeping keeping in my head, but also just, as a whole, the coaching staff is making sure that I'm I'm trying to be as active as possible, and I think that that sort of translates to 
getting rebounds here and there, right? Like you you keep yourself energetic, you keep yourself active on the glass. Anytime a shot goes up, you're not sitting there watching around, and you have an opportunity above all above a lot of other guys to be getting the ball in your head. So. Brody Clark joining us on Inside Sports. U of A Golden Bears basketball, Canada West men's second star for this past week. Had a couple of big games against uh, against UBC. When how how have you, how are you studying engineering? What are you specializing in? I'm in civil engineering. All right, and you're uh, academic, all Canadian as well. I am, yes. All right, so you're doing a great job balancing everything, and you're excelling uh, both on and off the court, which I know is a, a cliche, but I, I think it I think it should be pointed out. How have you, uh, did you always have that balance, even when you were a high school athlete, or did you have to uh, hone that at the U of A as well? Uh, I think it's been something that's been ingrained in me from a young age. My parents uh, have been very... Um, academic focused my whole life and uh it was always almost uh expected that we were going to go to university expected that we were going to do well in school um i went to a high school that was out of my jurisdiction technically um in toronto for the sake of playing for a better basketball program as a result my parents were making sure that i wasn't uh slacking off at all in school they wanted to make sure that i was you know, maintaining a very high average in order to allow me to still play basketball because I made that decision. And so I kind of had it ingrained in me from a young age that, you know, this, at the end of the day, like, you're going to be able to play basketball for a few years, but eventually your education is what's going to matter in the long run. So for me, I just see it as something that I excel in, but I take pride in the fact that I excel in it, and I think it's really important for me, so... You came from Toronto. What have you learned about life in Edmonton, Western Canada, that you didn't expect coming from the east? Uh, I own a, a few more pairs of long underwear now. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's real cold here. But, uh, no, the, it, the difference really is uh, I think Edmonton's a, a great sports city. I didn't, I didn't really give it enough credit um, initially. But coming here and understanding the... Uh, dedication that not only people at the youth level and the high school level and the uh, university level have to playing sports, but also to being fans of sports. There's a, we got a lot of good teams here, whether it's the hockey teams and the basketball teams at a whole bunch of different levels. And I struggle to go into a venue without seeing a, a pretty packed crowd. It's a really awesome feeling to have. It's a really, uh, a really good athletic community to be a part of, and that's something that I think is really, really stands out in Edmonton to me. Who are your favorite teams when it comes to hockey, basketball, football, whoever you want to mention, Brody? Well, obviously, we're my favorite team, basketball, but I, I definitely enjoy watching a good uh, Bears hockey game, Pandas hockey game. Um, and then this weekend, we're going to definitely go check out the Pandas and Bears volleyball games. So, uh, honestly... Pro, though. Well, pro, as... pro. who do you like? Pro. Oh, pro? I, Oilers. I got, I'm going for the Oilers. I enjoy going to an Oilers game. Um, it's uh, not, not that often I get to go, but it's a pretty awesome experience. Who are some athletes that you looked up to or currently look up to? Uh, like professionally speaking? Yeah, yeah or, or anybody. Um, I mean, my dad and my brother are big big ones there. Uh, my dad, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the story, but he was a Toronto high school basketball standout in his day, went to St. Bonaventure, played on the national team for 
like eight years or something like that. Went to the Olympics in 1988. Um, he's my role model as far as athletics and just, you know, everything goes. But on top of that, uh, my brother's been a huge influence on me in terms of um, he sort of paved the way before me in terms of going far with basketball. He got a scholarship to play Division One basketball. He played a little bit of basketball in the U sports. And, um, yeah, and then after that, uh, just coming out here, one guy who I've been trying to not only learn from as much as possible, but just be around him in a way that is positive for me is Jordan Baker. I mean, obviously you mentioned him earlier. He has He's a big rebounding guy, big energy guy, but he's also just he's a basketball IQ is out of this world and the amount the amount of knowledge that I can learn from him is endless and so he definitely somebody I look up to in the Edmonton community for sure. All right, so you don't know who you're going to play in playoffs. Um you're the number 2 team. Did Calgary go 20 and 0? Is that right? They're number 1. Yeah, Calgary did go 20 and 0. They ran the table. Amazing. Okay. Well, so everybody's going to be gunning for them. Like, is it is it down to one or two teams? Like, is it is it a bracket? So you have a choice of two teams you might wind up playing, or is it reseeded? Um, it's they reseed it going into the semifinals. For what reason I don't know, but we play whoever the second lowest remaining seed is oh, okay. following this weekend's game. Okay, so it's wide, pretty wide open then. Pretty wide open. Yeah, I think it's probably from a fairness standpoint everybody scouts for a week instead of some teams getting more time to look at other teams whatever okay i don't know the specifics but yeah we'll we'll know as of uh probably friday night i think or saturday so well brody it's great to have you on the show i'm asking myself as we talk again why we haven't had you on more often because not only are you a great player you're you're a great interview and a very intelligent young man and uh I used to do play-by-play for the Golden Bears just before you joined the program for Golden Bears oh, wow. and Pandas basketball. So I'm glad you're doing a great job and, and the team is doing well, 15-5 and five through the regular season. Thanks for checking in and all the best in the playoffs. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it, Reed. Have a good one. That is Brody Clark from the U of A Golden Bears basketball team. Uh, you know, Talking to people today, uh, the front-runner to win Canada West MVP. He had a career-high 40 points on Saturday against UBC. How about this for shooting, Kellen? He was 15 for 18 from the floor. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, There's some NBA shots. guys that wish they could shoot that like that. Only missed three, uh, just the fifth Bear ever to score 40 in a game, the first since 2008. Alex Steele did it then, and I did play-by-play for that game. There so you go. A 40-point game for Brody Clark. Pretty cool stuff, and good luck to the Golden Bears in the playoffs. Hey, you know, the foot name is a well-known one in hockey. First, there's Adam. He played 19 years, over 1,100 regular season games in the NHL. His son, Cal, won a gold medal for Canada at the 2018 World Juniors. Next up is Nolan, who's in his draft year. He kicks off our four-part series on top prospects in the WHL with Quinn Phillips. When Adam Foote was hired to coach the Kelowna Rockets, it raised a lot of questions. Not not only because of the timing, just 14 games in, but also because his son Nolan plays for that team. I'm not worried about that. Uh, we'll we'll figure that part out. 18-year-old Nolan admits it had its ups and downs. At first, there was a lot of chirping from other teams, but that's going to happen, and it's fun. Notably, it was tough with teammates. They were trying to get used to a new coach. How can you vent about your teammate's dad? I think so. At first, it was a bit awkward, and um, a lot of them didn't expect him as the new coach, and, and 
that was difficult for me, but you know, we made that statement at, at the start of the at the start of when he started was just um, I'm just as another player, you know, just think as me a player, not a son. For a teenager, this is a lot of time with dad at the rink, at home, but Nolan doesn't get sick of it. No, there's sometimes where I kind of just want to be left alone or whatever, but always at home there's if we're watching an NHL game or whatever it is, he's always rewinding it and, you know, he's teaching me. He'll be like, did you see that play? Did you see that move? And I'll be like, yeah. And, and it's, it's good. And, and whether I'm at the rink or at home, I'd love to hear as much hockey advice as I can. On top of it, he's got support from big brother. Cal, who also played for the Rockets, just went through his draft year in 2017 when the defenseman was picked in the first round by the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've just given me advice on, you know, staying out of the rankings and staying away from that stuff and just keep just trying to get better every day, each game, each practice, and just trying to grow as a player. He doesn't look at Central Scouting's rankings, but we can tell you the six foot three winger is ranked 26th among North American skaters. Could be an anxious wait on draft day, but he'll have all foots on the ground with him for support. Quinn Phillips, Global Sports. Top Prospects is brought to you by the Western Hockey League. World-class hockey and guaranteed scholarships. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Morgan Riley has just scored, putting Toronto up 5-4 on Ottawa with 9.20 left in the third period. Ottawa had scored a couple early in the third to tie it. Magnus Payarvi, former Oiler, two goals for the Senators tonight. He now has seven on the season. And the Bruins lead the Rangers 3-1. That's with about two minutes left in the second period. Bergeron his 19th. Pasternak his 31st for Boston. Those are the only two games in the NHL tonight. All right. Good to have Brody Clark on the show, doing a great job with the U of A Golden Bears basketball team. Uh, you heard the feature with Kenny Stafford. We had Adam Scorgi on the show. Appreciate everybody that called in earlier as well and texted to talk about uh, the Edmonton Oilers. They are obviously having a really tough go. 0-4-2 in their last six. I was giving out some of those records since December 12th in the Western Conference. Edmonton is 6-13-3. Anaheim is 5-13-4. Colorado's 5-13-3. And, and uh, they're in a group of teams three points or less away from a playoff spot. The Minnesota Wild are in a playoff spot. They're the first wild card team right now. Their analyst, former Oilers goaltender, Mike Greenlee. Mike, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing very well. It's always fun to have you on the show and I have to say you have one of the best Twitter handles in the world of social media, at Pulled Goalie. <laughs> you, haven't, you don't mind poking some fun at yourself, I guess, eh? <laughs> Well, you know what? I keep telling people that it's not a handle; it's my resume. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, when Twitter when Twitter first came out, I, you know, I mean, we didn't know it would be what it is today, and so it was just kind of like, hey, I'll just do something silly like this, and sure enough, <laughs> now now I kind of got to hang with it. So, <laughs> well, it is interesting, and, and I think timely uh, here here in Edmonton, Talbot got pulled last night. He was really good through two periods. The Oilers fell apart in the third. 
he he got pulled after allowing uh, the third of five goals in the third period on on a play that a lot of people thought might have been goal interference, but they they took him out anyway. Obviously, he wasn't happy. Uh, shot a little bit of a look at Hitchcock as he went off, and he didn't come back to the bench. He did say today that he apologized to his teammates for not coming back to the bench and that that he you know he needed some time to cool off, but he should have come back. But you know, regardless of all that, every goal he's been through it, it's very public. You know. <laughs> When a, when a goalie when a goalie gets pulled, it's not like a player getting benched where it might take a few minutes for people to notice. When you've been through that in your career, maybe maybe especially a time, Mike, where you thought, "What's going on? I'm actually I'm actually playing pretty well." How did you deal with that? What's that relationship like a, a coach where uh, you feel you might have been wrongly pulled in a situation? You know, it is quite interesting because there is a. I mean, a, there should be a full psychological makeup for for that situation because it is kind of interesting how you, you know, it depends and it, it, a lot of it obviously depends on the type of guy you are. I mean, if you're, if you're a bit of a hothead, you know, some guys slut break sticks and, and swear and scream and yell. And some guys just, some guys get on, some guys get onto the bench, put a baseball cap on and sit there like they just got on a bus. So, I mean, it depends on the personality of the, the goaltender. And, you know, it, I think it also depends on, uh, you know, on the whole circumstances. I mean, there, there's, I mean, well, for in 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 Calvert's case, obviously he's he was the he was the go-to guy for for a while there, and you know now someone else comes in, they sign a longer contract, and things aren't going well, and you know so you know there, maybe all those things can play into it as well. And after a while, you know, if you you, you goaltenders definitely want the opportunity to battle through. You know, goaltenders don't want to get old. But it is kind of, it, it's both personal because of, you know, it reflects on maybe what you are doing, but it also has, uh, you know, maybe higher uh, and, and deeper uh, deeper tones, too, about the, the entire team. So I guess you got to balance it between the pride that you have and also the, the reality that, you know, maybe, it, maybe it's not always about you. It's sometimes it's about how the team's going or, or the momentum shift that the coach wants. Like I said, you could take a deep dive into the psychology of it, uh, there's a, there's a lot of thoughts. There's a lot of thoughts on on any circumstance like that. Well, Talbot's going to be the starter tomorrow against the Minnesota Wild, so Hitch is going right back to him, which is an interesting call. But the news in Minnesota today, it's tough for the Wild. Miko Koivu, he's out for the season with a torn ACL, Mike. Yeah, I mean, uh, my goodness, uh, you know, when you when you have significant players go down like that and you know last year right near the end this, this is obviously there's obviously something like what 29 games or something left but uh last year right near the end of the season we lost ryan Suter and then also spurgeon for a short time and so i mean and then crazy uh, got hurt in the playoffs you know before the end of the playoffs so i mean when you lose significant players around this time of the year you got you really I mean, it's a gut check. There's no question, and especially a guy like Koivu because of everything he does. I mean, he is he is kind of the Mister Everything. Obviously, where's the captain? Uh, captains see, but you know, it's 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 the work he does on the power play. He's a penalty killer. I mean, he's a uh, you know he's the kind of guy who they 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 would probably put him up against McDavid tomorrow to try and shut McDavid down and his line. So he does so much uh, at both ends of the ice. The proverbial centerman who's a 200-foot player. This is uh, that's a. I mean, it's it's one of those those things that you just kind of like. You know, you look to the stars and say, well, uh, now what do we do? Because 
you know, it's it's obviously a very significant player. So, um, and and with players like that, as we all know, you never just replace them with one player. Now you have to try and you know move different players around and into different situations, maybe or play bigger roles, just to try and cover the circumstances, the roles, and the uh, the minutes that he plays. Mike, it's always great to have you on the show. Thanks a lot for checking in. Enjoy the game tomorrow night, and I hope we talk again soon. Sounds good. Take care. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.